Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. LeBron James may have just set a record for the dumbest tweet ever sent by any athlete, and that is not a record you want to claim. Um, there was and is a uh, incident that occurred in Columbus, Ohio, right after the Derek Chauvin verdict came down. There were two girls fighting. One girl was armed with a knife and attempting to stab the other girl. You can watch this on video. You don't have to take my word for it. A police, uh, The police were called. A police officer responded to the fight. His camera was running. When he got there, you can see the exact moment and the vision that he had. One girl was holding a knife and preparing to stab the other girl potentially to death. This is a big knife. She is holding it. The police officer arrives, yells for her to put the knife down. She is not doing it. And so he immediately tries to protect the other girl. He fires and he kills the girl that was armed with the knife. Almost immediately, the usual suspects who want to continually try to divide us, and unfortunately very many of those people are in the world of sports now, determined that the police officer who had shot the woman was at fault and that he should be held accountable. To the credit of the Columbus, Ohio Police Department and to the city government, they reviewed the footage from the police officer's camera, saw exactly what he saw, and immediately released it to the larger public. Twitter 
and social media in general, which does not wait for any of the facts to actually come out because it is an emotional-based medium where everybody decides what the narrative is before they actually consider what the facts are, immediately ran with the idea that this police officer's behavior had been unjustified. Riots were already in danger of taking place in the city of Columbus. The video comes out, seems to have, for the moment, forestalled things. People are starting to use their brains. Then, an athlete, LeBron James, who is known all too well for not using his brain, anything outside of the world of basketball, decides to get on Twitter post a photograph of the police officer in Columbus, Ohio, says, you're next, puts up a hourglass, and then says, hashtag accountability. Upon being destroyed on Twitter by people who are posting the video of the police officer having to protect the girl, by the way, it shouldn't matter, but the girl that he shot was black and the girl that was trying to be protected was black uh, by the police officer. And the police officer may well probably even saved the life of the girl that was about to be stabbed. And LeBron James says basically doxes this guy who now, because LeBron James has 50 million followers, now this police officer cannot in any way have a normal life anymore because LeBron James has said that essentially he is a killer. Uh, LeBron later deletes the tweet, makes no mention of it whatsoever. The National Fraternal Order of Police comes out, tags him and says, and I'm reading from them, at King James with his vast resources and influence should educate himself and frankly has a responsibility to do so on the facts before weighing in. This is disgraceful and extremely reckless. The officer saved a young girl's life. No amount of gaslighting will change that fact. So what I would encourage all of you to do is I want you to see whether anyone else hardly in sports media other than OutKick criticizes LeBron James for this at all. There's all these ball washers, all of these ball cuddlers out there in the sports media that are desperate to curry favor with athletes. They don't speak truth to power. They are so concerned with what the athletes think of them that they don't even apply consistent logic. LeBron James should be ashamed of himself. He should be ridiculed to the high heavens for what he did. This shouldn't even just be a sports media story or a sports story. This should be a national story. LeBron James deleted the tweet, but he has said absolutely nothing about the stupidity that enabled it to be sent in the first place. In an honest and transparent and fair sports media, LeBron James would be crushed for this. But we don't live in that world. We live in a ball-coddling, ball-washing, uh, ball-washing, athlete-worshipping universe 
where people in the media who are supposed to care about the truth and holding powerful people accountable are so desperate to be liked by the athletes that they cover that they won't even utter a word of criticism. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We bring in Shannon Spake now. Uh, are you big on drama outside of the household, uh, but inside of the household, try to keep it to a limit? No, I, 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 I am not. I, I can't stand drama. I don't watch any of those like Real Housewives. Those, oh, you're uh, so lying. You, you watched Meghan Where? Markle and you got all into the British royal family <laughs> and everything else. Like, don't pretend that you don't I, I like watched, drama. I watched the interview. And you listened to, to Howard was- Stern <laughs> and you listened to this show. So you might say yeah. that you don't watch the Real Housewives. <laughs> By the way, according to my wife, Beverly Hills and Orange County are the two best, but that's uh, she watches a lot of that. And then uh, have you ever watched 90 Day Fiance, by the way? No. Oh, okay. No. It's no. like the most popular like- show on television. No, like I like I've told you before, I watch like the things I do watch. Like right now, I'm watching The Crown. That's like the big thing that. And oh, I guess my I wife loved The Crown. Dramatic. That's drama. Yeah, who's your but favorite watch, character on The Crown? I can tell you who my least favorite character is for sure. Prince Charles, Charles like one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite character on The Crown. Prince that's Lady hard. Di. Are you there um, yet? We are on Lady Di. We're on her season. I yeah, I kind of like the sister. Is it Princess Margaret? She's, yes. she's cool, right? She seems like she'd be fun to hang out with and, and just kind of like gallivant the country with. So I, I did like her. Even like the first two series, I liked her. She had a really dynamic character. Uh, but we are in Princess Diana's season right now, and it's getting to the point where like he's, he's smoking her out, right? He's, he's not returning her calls. He's not doing any of these things. And he has everybody kind of watching her to make sure that she's not doing anything wrong. So we're on that. We're sort of in that Would you right want? Now. Does it make you want to go to England? Um, I, you know, I think I'd like to see Windsor and, and I'll tell you this past weekend, I watched Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, I watched it with my kids and my one son, he's like, mommy, this is so sad. And and I tried to explain to him, yes, it's very sad, but he was 99 years old. He had a great life. And this moment that we're watching right now is something historic. And I thought it was so, so spectacular because of the fact that there was very little people there. And like you felt like you were part of this small, intimate thing, and you could really see inside the church. You could see, I mean, we've seen inside that church how many times with weddings, but you could really identify certain things because there was no, there were no people in there. And, and just the, the, the vividness of like the, the lawn in contrast with the, with the, with the, uh, the sky and all of the, the scenes, everything was just so spectacular. And we sat and watched the entire thing. The four choirists that were just singing in it, like in an enclave, and it was just, everything about it. I don't know if you watched it, but I found it to be really spectacular. Yeah, I I watch a lot of that stuff because I'm sort of fascinated by the pomp and the circumstance and the pageantry Mm -hmm. of the royal family and the ceremonial nature of all of those proceedings. And Mm -hmm. I will certainly watch as the queen, I believe, uh, is 95 years old now. So at some point, let's be honest, Prince Charles is going to be coronated at the age of, you know, 74 or 75 years old. It's not like he's going to be a young king taking over. Uh, but that will be a uh, an event that I certainly will watch. And I watched uh, I watched the Meghan Markle wedding mm-hmm. with Prince Harry and certainly 
what has it been, oh, like yeah. seven or eight years ago now, nine years, ten years ago, whatever it's been, I watched mm-hmm. when Prince William, William got married to uh, to Kate Middleton. So uh, yeah, it I feels like it was like early. forever ago. I woke up really early to watch that. Now, my question for you is, is do you think they'll go straight to Charles? Or do you think they'll skip over Charles and go uh, to I think they certainly will go to – I think they certainly will go oh, to yeah. Charles. But I think yeah. the challenge will be – William will be, I believe, wildly popular all over mm-hmm. England and around the Commonwealth. I think Charles mm-hmm. is going to be, as you mentioned, not particularly beloved. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm curious how long he will want to, because you could decide to step aside from public life uh-huh. and and pass the the crown on to someone else. But he's waited so long for the ability to be king. I can't imagine that he's going to do it for a really short period of time. I mean, we don't know how long he'll live. Uh, but I would think that uh, that William will ultimately have a decent length reign, but that his dad will probably be uh, probably be king for ten or fifteen years. Would be my expectation before he eventually takes over. Yeah, I do think it's fascinating that there's a royal family, you know, and you're you're born into this bloodline and you have all of these things. Like I was looking at some of the jewelry that Prince Philip had purchased. And I watched all. I was looking. I mean, I got caught in the the wormhole of Twitter yeah. on that day, and uh, and I was looking at some of the jewelry that he had purchased uh, Queen Elizabeth over the years. And I'm like, where did he get the money to buy that? You know, like, does that come from like the citizens? Like, what, I mean, is it, I mean, you know, it's, it's just fascinating uh, to me, but, but I, um, as far as the drama, I think maybe your show and Howard Stern show, maybe that's the most drama I have in my life. Cause most times, like I said, I'm American pickers. Uh, I, I watch the Kardashians just for hair and makeup tips. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I like their wigs. Um, but that's about it. The, the yelling and the screaming and, and all of this sort of I, I can't even my kids I know you I've heard you say before like your kids watch other people play Roblox like oh, I yeah. walk into the house when those people are screaming at the top of their lungs on those headsets and moving through sort of the Roblox world and I'm like you have got to turn this off I can't I can't right now so it, uh, I, it's, I try to it's interesting um, my argument has been and I, I, I know my kids are reflective of so many other kids out there they watch YouTube, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm watching sporting events, my, my kids will put on the Braves game, for example. They like to watch the Atlanta Braves. Almost the only thing they ever put on television is an actual sporting event. I don't know that I've ever walked through the house and seen them watching regular television, which mm-hmm. for our generation, uh, people around our age, Shannon, our parents are always like, turn the television off. You know, there's always like a television on in the house. You're watching something. And they basically are done with television. In fact, sports is the only real reason. Now, maybe as they get older, the news stories will become uh, maybe news and sports. They'll be more attracted to the news side of things as well. But otherwise, there's almost no purpose for for live television. And, And they love video games more than they even like YouTube, which is pretty wild. Yeah, growing up in Fort Lauderdale, you know, it'd be like 95 degrees, you know, most of the year. And and I remember just growing up and like laying on, I guess, the floor, because you had to lay on the floor in order to change the channel because we didn't have remote oh, controls, yeah. like you had yeah. the one that was yeah. like attached. So you had to lay on the floor next to the TV, but it was like Silver Spoons, Punky Brewster. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, all these shows that you would kind of go through. What was your favorite uh, show uh, when you were when you were a kid watching the 1980s shows? That's really hard. I, I, I loved Punky Brewster. I love, like I just mentioned, Silver Spoons. I mean, my whole room, you remember the, like the Teen Bop and the Tiger Beat? Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. With I, all the posters. Loved, 
oh, my whole room, my whole room is just like plastered with that stuff. And it's incredible to think that kids don't do that nowadays because they have Instagram and they can see their, you know, they could see whomever, you know, whether it be, I don't know, just who's, who's the cool kid nowadays. I don't even know who the cool over. kid is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be Beaver, right? Um, was was yeah. somebody that everybody was in love with, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, used to get those, block, yeah, yeah used crazy. to get those, uh, those pullouts like they had, I mean, it was like centerfolds, <laughs> yeah. except they were fully clothed, uh, obviously. And you could like put them on, uh, put them on your wall. And I don't even think, do those brands even still exist that were so popular with like, you know, what was it? Like probably eight to 14 year olds that were like kind of obsessed with that stuff. Oh, spent so much money. And I think maybe Rob Lowe was like partially clothed most of the time. I think they did have him with his shirt off a lot. Uh, but that's they, they, as they should, because Rob yeah. Lowe back in the 80s and 90s was. Rob Lowe is still incredibly movie. good looking. I, uh, I, uh, he Remember Rob Lowe showed up. Was it the Super Bowl like four or five years ago where he had the hat, the NFL hat? Do you remember that? And people were like, mm-hmm. oh, it's do you, do you Dub, will you look up and see when that was Rob Lowe? Like they were advertising, you know, some new television show that Rob Lowe was going to be in and they cut to him in the crowd and he was he was only wearing like he wasn't wearing gear for either team he had an NFL hat on and everybody was like where do you even get an NFL NFL hat like you're just such a huge fan of the NFL that you're just rocking the logo on your on your baseball cap at the Super Bowl game Uh, and everybody was like you know that he was a narc he looked like the guy and you know guy going to school that's pretending he's one of the kids like just a little bit off um and uh and that was just you know that i i double find out i I know that that was it might have been five years ago or so but it was at the super bowl they cut to him in the crowd uh still incredibly good looking rob lowe but wearing just a straight nfl hat that's funny i'm not looking at rob lowe's hat when i see rob lowe yeah he's he's one of those human beings who's like superhuman uh never ages but yeah packers sorry yeah sorry i'll get you back to tiger tiger beat dub when was it this was oh, yeah. this was more recently than that. It was in the 2020 NFC title game where the 49ers absolutely destroyed the Packers. <laughs> but he was in the crowd in the NF, NFL hat. Yeah, I right about black, like the black basically NFL the referee hat. hat. Yeah, he was in there. Yeah. So uh, back. There you go. You could post some stuff for my walls. There you go. Yeah, there I'll you go. Uh, your husband will be really excited. You can put it on the ceiling yeah. um, and uh, you guys can I look gaze, gaze upon it. I did have a poster on my ceiling. Oh, my God. That's so funny you said that. I had a six-foot poster first of Rick Springfield on my ceiling, right? And then it got moved over to Joey McIntyre. Like, they sold these huge posters. And for some reason, I don't know why my parents thought it was okay for, like, a 10-year-old to have a poster of Rick Springfield, who was at least, like, what, 12 years older than me at the time, on my ceiling so I can, like, look up and see him while I'm in bed. Like, I don't, I don't get the this is, thought process there. This is, the, <laughs> I think, this the era, like, you could almost call it the Spencer's Gift era. Do you remember Spencer's, where you could go <laughs> yes. to the back of Spencer's and they had, like, all the different uh, posters? Because posters were big oh, yeah. back then. I don't think any kids hardly have posters now. Like, my kids really don't. But you'd had the posters, and if you were like really hardcore, you'd get them laminated so they didn't like get ripped <laughs> off your uh, uh, get ripped off your wall. But you could stand there at the back of Spencer's Gifts, and they had like all the athletes, they had all the musicians, they had all the um, like. I mean, that was such such a big deal to be at the mall when you're like in fifth or sixth grade. You go into Spencer's Gifts, you go to the back, and that was like a, a routine part of the mall trip. You would sit and look at all the different posters. They had them on like that. Uh, that do they still have Spencer's gifts like posters at the back? Like I haven't. Yeah, they had like a rack, and you could just pop uh-huh. them through. You know, like spin them one at a time, and like see all the yeah. new 
amazing posters. I, I actually, I think Spencer's gifts still exist, but I, I haven't yeah. been in that place probably in 25 years. Um, and, and I would like to go back now. I wonder if they still have posters in the back of that place. Well, and it's super edgy and sort of yes. like a risque, right? Because right. there's a lot of like, you know, like sexual sort of stuff in there, like, in, like innuendo. My kids actually went to a Spencer's with my sister when they were shopping for Christmas presents, like I think two years ago or something. And my, my son was like, mommy, we went to Spencer's. And I was like, oh, really? Tell me what you saw. And they were like, it was, it was stuff that they have not been exposed to for yeah, sure. Right. But I remember you would walk in and you'd kind of be like, am I allowed in here? And the, the person would be at the front kind of like... Like making sure that you're old enough to to walk into Spencer's because it was it was it was edgy and it was a little bit like risque. And uh, and also in in Spencer's back then you didn't have access to the internet and Mm-mm. so like the the range of like kids today are exposed for both good and bad to like way more information on ba- yeah. basically every subject than we ever were as kids. Um, and, you know, just the kind of the stuff that they end up watching on YouTube will sometimes uh, surprise me, especially my 13 year old who is like kind of a I mean, you know, let's say he's studying history or whatever. He can type something in and uh, and the greatest historian who knows something about the war of 1812 has got like a six minute video that he's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot different for us back in the day. We would have to like go to like the the library and look through like the Dewey Decimal System and find the oh, book. Oh yes, and the Dewey, the the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what I they did with like, all those card catalogs, right? Like, I, did they just burn them all? Like, does, the library doesn't have the card catalog anymore. Like, what did they do with all? And this was true, Shannon. By the way, for uh, I was when I started law school. We were right on the edge of the internet taking over everything in the legal profession, right? Because just a few years before me, you had to go into a law library and pull books off the shelf to look up cases. And Mm -hmm. I was, we entered in the class of 2001. So any lawyers out there, people considering law school, now all legal research is online, right? They have uh, LexisNexis and Westlaw. And they will they, they basically are like trying to get you to turn into drug addicts because uh, the legal equivalent of one, because they get you hooked on being able they give you free printing. They give you free research when you're a law student with the idea being that once you get to uh, to being a practicing attorney, you're going to be using what are highly uh, cost. I mean, highly costly legal research methods in order to find cases to be able to cite to help your clients or oppose your clients, uh, you know, in any way. And so uh, your legal research all moved online, but we were mm-hmm. right there on that borderline where they still wanted you to be able to go figure out how to pull a book off the shelf, but there was almost no use for it at all. So there's this entire bit of knowledge that everybody has spent decades diving into. And the card catalog's a great example. And it just mm-hmm. becomes totally worthless. Here's another example from life, Shannon. Like a hundred years ago, everybody knew how to handle a horse. In order to live yeah. in America, you had to know <laughs> how to take care of a horse pretty much no matter who you were a hundred years ago, certainly 150 years ago. Now, none of us have pretty much any knowledge of horses at all. That entire national uh, obsession with horses. I mean, we have the Kentucky Derby coming up in a couple of weeks, but we basically pay attention to three, uh, three Derby races and that's pretty much it. And none of us really know anything else about horses as a, as a country. 
Yeah, I would be walking for sure. Like I, I like there's there's no way. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Like I, I couldn't like I used to mow my own lawn when I was growing up. Like I couldn't even tell you how to start a lawnmower right now. I mean, I might be able to pull that string, and they, even if that's still what they do, right? Do they still pull the the sort of the cord to start I, the I engine of the lawnmower? Do, yeah, I used to do my own lawn mowing when I. I'm now I'm going to sound like a diva, but I used to uh, I used to mow my own lawn for I probably mowed my own lawn until I was about. 33 or 34. Oh, wow. I'm 42 now. So about seven or eight years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm paying somebody to do this from now on. But before that, I would get in the backyard. I had my own lawnmower. Yeah, you got to, we did. I mean, I don't, we didn't have a riding mower. My yard was not big enough, Mm -mm. but you had the, you know, ripcord uh, lawnmower uh, thing. And uh, yeah, I would get out and, uh, and I would cut the grass. Now I don't do it. Um, Yeah. I don't think that's a deep thing. Does your husband, does your husband cut the, cut the grass? No, no. We have somebody that does it, but even like growing up in Florida, like we didn't, we, we had very little money growing up. And so we would have to line dry our clothes. And so like we had, we didn't have a uh, dryer. I mean, we had one, but it took like 14 hours to dry like one load of whatever. Cause it's, so you would hang the clothes in the backyard. Yeah. Okay. If anyone, I'm sure you have listeners out there who know what towels feel like after they've been hanging in the, the sun for ni- like 95 degree weather, they they literally could stand up on their own. That's how like, like stiff they are. And so, yeah. yeah, we used to line dry all of our stuff. And of course, like we were kids, so we'd throw it in the basket and we'd forget about it. And then like two days later, we'd be like, oh shoot, we got to go hang this up. And then, you know, they stink and then you're hanging it. So it was just a complete mess. But yeah, it's uh, the eighties and the nineties were such a great time, weren't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, they were an awful lot of fun. We're talking to Shannon Spake. You can go follow her on Twitter at Shannon Spake. We are one week from the first round of the NFL draft. Did you ever, did you ever cover the NBA? I know you covered a ton of college basketball. Did you ever do work at the NBA draft? Yeah, I did. I covered it. I want to say it was 2015. Carl Anthony Towns. I think there was like seven a bunch Kentucky of Kentucky kids Kentucky that guys. went in the first ten. And I got to do the interviews uh, when they first walked off the stage. So I was sort of in that position. They they announce their name. They walk across. You know, they shake the hands. They get the hat. They walk off, and I'm right there waiting for them. And fortunately, I knew all of those guys. Right? I knew all of them. Um, Frank Kaminsky, I think, was in that draft. Um, uh, what's his name that played at Wisconsin? Who uh, he had like he like he had Aaron Rodgers like texting him on the phone. Uh, all of those Kentucky, yeah, 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 yeah. Sam Decker. All of those kids that um, that that were playing at Kentucky. I mean, Will that was the year that Kentucky there. was like thirty-seven and zero and lost in the final four to mm-hmm. Wisconsin, right? Yeah, yeah, and and Cal was there, and so it was it was literally one of the best nights of of my career because it was so fascinating to see these kids who I've covered so many times and they went, when they walk on that court they are completely in a zone they are completely focused I bet you they don't even realize who's on the court with them or around them because all they see is ball and net and their competitors and then they walked into this room where they didn't know what was going to happen that night they didn't know where they were going to go they didn't know what their future held you could tell that they were in a totally different space whether it be excitement nerves anxious something I had not seen out of these these kids all year, right? Because they are nailed when they're on that court. And then they walk off and, and the emotions, just the pure emotions that those guys felt when they when they sort of got this announcement and, and knew where they were going. So it was it was pretty incredible night. I love the draft for many reasons. Uh, as a fan, it's because you get the idea that if you squint and look in the right direction, you can kind of divine the future. And so that's exciting from a fan perspective. But from a capitalist perspective, 
I love the minting of all the millionaires. Mm -hmm. All these kids, many of whom did not grow up with a lot of assets, suddenly in the space of one night see their dreams come to full fruition. And to me, that is just a continuation of the American dream over and over and over again, right? Where uh, you hope that your kids, whatever you do for a living, as you are listening out to us out there right now, you hope that your kids are going to have a better life than you did, right? I mean, that's the, I think the cardinal uh, truth that I would say unites all parents across race, class, ethnicity, religion, everything. Every single person who has kids wants their kids to have a better future than they had. And there you are seeing so many of these young guys, particularly the first round picks, who if they make smart decisions, regardless of how their career goes going forward, they have life-changing money for their families and their future children. And that is pretty captivating from a news and story perspective. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's the argument, Clay, right? Where could, should they be allowed to go right away? Do, should they have to go to college? Should they have to go through all these things? And, you know, and I, I mean, I was right there front and center for John Calipari, you know, the one and done. He started that. And now a lot of people have obviously uh, taken that philosophy on. But it's like, if these kids are ready to go, you risk injury, you risk all these things. And I'm not saying all kids are ready to go, right? Because there are a lot of players that go to the NBA or go or could go to the NFL. And I think the NFL is a different, uh, a different breed because of the physicality. I do think it takes a, a little bit of um, – it's a lot different than high school, right? If you went straight from high school to the NFL, I think it'd be really tough. But there are a lot of NBA players who may be ready uh, right away, especially after one year. And, and you have to – I mean, if that's their skill, if that's what they are going to make their money off of, if that's what they're going to do, uh, then, then why not let them? I, but would, I, I would tell my own sons – Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I would tell my own sons, go. If you have the opportunity to make tens of millions of dollars, you have to do it, right? And I understand there are people out there. But yeah, there's that 1% because there's a lot of that that might go one year and might not make it. And then yeah. then what happens, right? Then they don't have that the education. So there is the argument on both sides. But I have been front and center for those one year, right? I mean, to, to let them go. I mean, Kobe Bryant, perfect example, right? LeBron James, perfect example. Like, these guys were ready and they went and they, they capitalized on that. But, yeah, I, it's a, it's, I think it's a valid argument. I think you can listen to both sides because there are examples for both that make sense. Uh, but I was right there for those one and done's. And I think that those kids were ready the perspective that i have on it is we let kids who are 18 years old get guns and go get shot at overseas uh and their reward for that is a pin drop compared to what we reward top athletes so if you're allowing 18 year olds to risk their lives to serve the country as we are the, the risk reward to me of an 18 year old, if you don't pan out as an athlete, that stinks. But there's no guarantee that you would have panned out as an athlete at 20 or 21 or 22. Take the money when you have the opportunity to get the money as an athlete, change your life forever, sort of live what I would say is the sports fairy tale. We were, we started off this conversation talking about drama for mm-hmm. men and a lot of women too. Sports is. Sports is a male soap opera for a lot of men out. Back in the day when women used to watch soap operas all the time, men would make fun of the soap opera. But really, sports is a soap opera, right? Um, it mm-hmm. is a dramatic uh, pursuit of championship, of wins, of losses, of everything else. And the fairy tale aspect, I would say, of sports is 
that any given kid out there could grow up to do this for a living, which is what most men and a lot of women as well dream about when they start playing sports in the first place is, hey, somewhere down the line, I'm going to be able to make a living doing this. And to me on draft night, one week from today in the NFL, we will have that moment crystallized for 32 different players. Yeah, and you think about all of the things that these players put their bodies through, and, and, and yes, they're having a great time and, and, and gaining all these amazing experiences, but they do risk injury every single time they go out there onto that football field. And they've now made it to the point where they know that they're going to be providing for their families. And there, you know, there are, there are a lot of instances where they're, I mean, there, I mean, a lot where there are, there, this is life changing. This is generational changing for their entire family. And that's, you know, even when I, when I talk to, to athletes who sign huge contracts and you're just like, wow, you, this is a generational thing, right? This is now changing things for generations and generations to come, which I think agree with you 100% is the most fascinating part of this night. These guys are not only living out their dreams, but they're changing their lives for their entire families. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are joined now by a member of the Outkick 360. He is Jonathan Hutton. Hutton, trying to contextualize big-time trial verdicts and everybody sitting around and watching them. And for those of my audience who are old enough to remember the O.J. Simpson verdict, which came down in October of 1995, I was just talking about that at the top of the second hour in connection with the Derek uh, Chauvin-George Floyd case. And I'm curious, do you remember where you were when the O.J. Simpson verdict came down? And do you believe that there is any connection there in terms of this might be the most people that have watched a verdict in basically a quarter century? Dub mentioned Casey Anthony, and that obviously was a uh, really wildly followed story. I don't think it had the same sort of resonance that the O.J. Simpson case did or the Derek Chauvin-George Floyd uh, case. To me, this is probably the biggest verdict to come down that everybody's watching since October of 1995. Do you remember where you were for the O.J. Simpson verdict? Uh, vividly, Clay. Uh, good morning. I, um, Yeah, so I was in fifth or sixth grade, and in fifth grade, actually, and it, – it, 30-minute intervals is, is how we took our school lunches to the school cafeteria. Yep. Um, and I remember that day we all went to lunch at the same time and just stuck in that. We, we just stayed in the in the cafeteria together as an entire middle school watching the verdict on these little roll-away televisions that yes. were like, you know, 21-inch. Oh, yeah. The um, roll-away it, television is such yeah. a, like an iconic, nostalgic thought. They used to have to roll in the television so you could watch them. And, you know, the, the cafeteria ladies, the, the, the teachers, the, the principal, the assistant principal all gathered around. All the kids acted like they knew what the hell was going on. You know, it, like the younger kids, I'm saying. Um, and... I just remember sitting there. We're eating like uh, those little rectangle slice pizzas, <laughs> and, uh, and the the verdict came down, and people went crazy in the cafeteria. Yeah, you know, and, and the, the people lost their minds. They couldn't believe it. I, I remember some some people were some of the the adults were celebrating. Others like put their hands behind their head, like, "Wow, what did we just watch?" 
reality television was born then throughout that entire trial. And, and it wasn't just the verdict for that trial. We, we were in the cafeteria that week and the week prior, and they would have it on while we're eating lunch. Like the teachers had to watch it uh, because they were so enthralled with the day-by-day coverage of this that went on forever. You know, that's the big difference between the two trials is the length of the trial. Um, the, both verdicts were returned quickly. Uh, and I agree with you on, on the coverage of it because, you know, the national anchors across the board um, on Tuesday were, were on top of this. Uh, Casey Anthony was a big trial. I don't remember CBS breaking in live with their national news anchor and correspondence galore across the, across the board and boots on the ground, so to speak. I, it was a, a bit different reaction and a feel to it than this. And I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and, and I will always remember where I was uh, for for those years, for the O.J. Simpson verdict and then 9-11. Th- those are the two for me. You know, others is the Challenger uh, explosion. It, there, there are just vivid memories growing up, and the O.J. verdict is, is definitely right there at the top. It, it is interesting to think about all the different events that have happened. That's actually a, a really intriguing radio topic in general. I can remember, because you just mentioned it, I was old enough to remember where I was when the Challenger exploded. Uh, I certainly am old enough to remember where I was for the O.J. Simpson trial and for 9-11. I was on television live on Fox Bet Live for the Derek Chauvin reaction, so I, I wasn't watching the uh, the actual verdict come down. But it is fascinating to think about events that you remember in sort of a kaleidoscopic fashion or in your mind's eye exactly where you were and what was taking place when uh, when those events occurred. And uh, for many people, this will be one of them. All right. Much less serious than that. We are officially yep. one week away from the NFL draft. I love it. We are doing, uh, you, me, uh, and Chad Withrow, as a part of OutKick, we are doing a first-round sort of draft party, for lack of a better way to describe it, in downtown Nashville, uh, where we all live. People be able to come, watch the draft, have some drinks, chill with us. How excited are you for the NFL draft in a, a week from now? And which pick has you the most intrigued, which team's position, as you look ahead and think about what might be happening? So I'm thrilled for it. This will be the first like draft party I've been a part of um, because I've been on the air, Clay, for the last 15 years with Titans Radio. Like During the first round, during the, the first four rounds, we went pick by pick every year. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled. Like I, I can't wait to sit back and enjoy it with, with listeners, with, with friends, and, and do a, a show or two with you and, and Chad and, and just see what happens here. I, I'm intrigued with Atlanta. We talked about that at our last visit just because of the, the options that they have and the calls that they're getting to move up. It would be the first time ever, as I'm sure you've pointed out, that if someone trades into the Atlanta spot and drafts a quarterback, that we would have four straight quarterbacks to begin the NFL draft. Yes. Three has happened twice. We've never seen four. And that leads us to Cincinnati. And they actually have a very interesting dilemma themselves because they can take the best offensive tackle in Panay Sewell and protect Joe Burrow, who's coming off the ACL injury, who's a very mobile quarterback, and they get a tall, big, massive, athletic left tackle. Or they can take Jamar Chase, who is the best wide receiver, and pair him with their franchise quarterback. 
um, both help the quarterback, which helps more and which helps the coach and, and the, the decision makers keep their jobs longer uh, in a win now scenario where you have your quarterback in place and now it's time to go win games. In a tough which division. would you take? I, I would protect the quarterback first because I think Burrow is talented enough to lift the receivers around him. Um, so I, I would protect him, especially for a quarterback that likes to boot and get out of the pocket. Um, Sewell is athletic. Sewell reminds me of Lawan in that in that respect. I don't know if he has the mean streak of a Taylor Lawan, but Lawan is one of the more athletic players, not just on his line but on the entire team, pound for pound. And, and the Titans roster we're speaking of, uh, Sewell is regarded as one of those athletic uh, left tackles. So. At the tackle spot, I would want that. I would require that at the left tackle spot for Joe Burrow. Uh, I would start there because this is a great draft for wide receiver, not so deep at the at the tackle position. And with the fifth pick, I, I need to make sure I have elite talent on the line. So I would start there. It's boring, but I think it helps them. Uh, it, it helps them structure that offense better. Uh, even though Jamar Chase is, to me, the, the going away, the, the best wide receiver to select right now. And then after that, it's wide open for the defensive players. I think a lot of defensive players are going to fall uh, because of the wide receiver position. I think teams are going to chase that spot. Uh, and then uh, it's not necessarily a team as much as it is a player. Najee Harris, where is he going to end up, and is he a first-round pick? Some think we will not see a running back selected in round one. Others think that uh, he's a perfect Pitt, Pittsburgh Steeler for, for what they need um, and, and would give them options. Uh, Atlanta is interesting. Atlanta desperately needs a run game. If they trade out a pick number four and fall back to the middle or back half of the first round, are they in the mix for Najee Harris because of Arthur Smith's dealings with Derrick Henry and how they use backs? Um, that that one player is intriguing because of the, the versatility he brings to the position, Clay, uh, and as, as we know as SEC fans. And in, in a, a league that, you know, five years ago, we would have said there's no way a first-round running back is going to be selected. Now I think teams see more value in that and what they can do versatile-wise to their offense. Harris is, is one of those intriguing players. I'm not saying he's drafted in the first round. But I do think teams are in love with him because of the, the options that he brings to their quarterback. And if you're not chasing a quarterback, you're chasing an option to make your quarterback much better than he already is. Right now, the only running back that is forecast, according to odds makers, to be drafted in the first round is Najee Harris. And like you said, it's possible there'll be no running backs at all. Certainly last year was the final pick, wasn't it? The Kansas City Chiefs took yes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a running back taken in the first round last year. We're talking to Jonathan Hudden, outkick 360. If you had to buy stock right now, looking out one week in advance of the quarterbacks that we know are going to go in the first round, we know for sure there are going to be five guys that go in the first round, right? Maybe six. Who would you buy stock in right now? Wait, wait, aside from Trevor Lawrence, because I, yeah, I, think I mean, I, even even yeah. even though he's going number one overall, I still think if you look at the history of number one overall draft picks, they aren't any kind of certainty. So, yeah, if you're very confident in Trevor Lawrence, let's take him off the board and look at the other four. I'm confident in Lawrence because I'm confident in Urban Meyer, which I think is is uh, not not a, a, a popular opinion. I think a lot of people think Urban Meyer is going the way of Nick Saban in the NFL. 
But the difference is he has Trevor Lawrence, and he, he yes. also has a track record of, of being very good with quarterbacks. So I like that pairing uh, in, in Jacksonville where you have a generational guy paired with a, a head coach who's known for great quarterback development. After him, I'm buying stock in Justin Fields because I feel like his stock has been very low and has great value right now. With his athleticism, he has one of the best arms of this entire class. Um, and, and, and again, like I, I, I like the fact that he played big-time college football and there's a big body of work to, to assess compared to those uh, that w- we're comparing him to among these five overall. Justin Fields, to me, uh, with just a, an overall uh, outstanding athletic skill set for the position, I'm buying stock in him no matter where he falls and the fact that I don't think he's going to New York, uh, which, which, again, I, I mentioned this, it, the, the Jets – aura around Zach Wilson just ruins it for me because they ruin quarterbacks, no matter who's coaching. <laughs> and, uh, and, and for that, I would, if Justin Fields ends up in San Francisco, if he's in Atlanta, uh, if he falls down a, a bit and we see a team trade up for him, uh, the, the value in him versus a player in New York with the Jets is much, much higher. That's why I would buy that stock. We're talking to Jonathan Hudden, Outkick360. You have got a cool podcast that is going to be developing and uh, and beginning and debuting, I should say, as a part of the Outkick Podcast Network, and it begins today, this afternoon, I think. What is it? What do you think people will be able to find from it, and uh, and and what are they going to enjoy from it? The Cosell Files with Greg Cosell of NFL Films. He is the longest employ- longest running employee at NFL Films over four decades working for the league and for NFL Films where he does nothing but grind tape. If you are an X's and O's fan, if you like listening to that because you want to get smarter on the game of football, if you want to know exactly why a receiver ran the wrong route or what a coach was thinking on third and seven handing off to his running back against the four-man front, Cosell's able to tell you that. And every week, exclusively on OutKick, we will bring the Cosell files to you. It's going to drop every Thursday afternoon. Uh, file one, we're calling it. File one drops today, and that will be out around 4 p.m. Eastern. We're thrilled for this. Uh, it's, a good, it's going to be available audio and video, OutKick.com, and wherever you download your podcast. What will the topics look like in today's podcast that's dropping at 4 Eastern? What can people expect to see there? We're breaking down all five quarterbacks, uh, starting with Trevor Lawrence, but going all the way through Mac Jones and the limited amount of film on Trey Lance, how the evaluation process goes for a quarterback who is so dominant at his level of football that it's literally one read, and normally it's the right read, or it's take off and go, and how that translates to the NFL. Beyond that, there is a group of corners in the draft that will set the second portion of the first round for a lot of teams. And how far will some really good corners fall? We're going to see Patrick Sertan in the, in, in the top ten. Beyond that, how many teams are going to maneuver to get a top-end corner that is great on press man coverage against some of the top wideouts that we've seen in this draft? So, we break down the quarterbacks and those defending those passes in episode one of the Cosell Files. That is awesome. Uh, well, I'll be listening. I'm excited to check that out. Four o'clock Eastern. And also, you said there's going to be video, so it'll be up on Outkick as well uh, if people are not necessarily podcast crews and they just want to get information about the quarterbacks and the corners as they get ready. We're one week officially away from the first round of the NFL draft. 
Absolutely, and it's exclusive to Outkick. This is uh, credit to you and, and the great staff. Like we, we're growing, and uh, th- this is one great example of that. This is every week uh, of the year, fifty-two weeks. So we'll take you from the draft all the way through the regular season, postseason, rinse, repeat. Uh, every single Thursday of the year, it's going to be available. That is awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, and that is Jonathan Hutton and Greg Cosell uh, inside of the NFL every single Thursday, both on Outkick.com and the podcast. I'll certainly be tweeting out the link to that. Uh, finally, you and I and Chad Withrow are going to be up in Knoxville this weekend. We're doing an event, the spring game. A lot of people are excited about the spring games that are going on in college football. That should be fun. Uh, and we invite anybody to come out and uh, we're going to be hanging out uh, quite a bit on saturday as a part of that event old city sports bar is where we're located i think we get going there around 12 o'clock right around noon and we'll stick around all the way up until the the start of the orange and white game maybe a little bit beyond uh depending on the weather have you seen the weather for knoxville Uh, yeah it's not i haven't been paying a lot of attention to it but i know because i've been uh you know i'm coaching little league baseball so uh, the first thing that I do now, uh, given the fact that we got a couple of different games going on, is check and see whether or not we're going to get rained out. And it looks like it's going to be raining all day Saturday uh, in both Nashville and uh, in Knoxville. So we'll see exactly how that shakes out. Yeah, perfect perfect setting for, for quite the conditions with their roster right now. And yeah. uh, I'm intrigued about the quarterbacks. Like I, I'm, I'm really pumped to just go watch them attempt to – complete some passes to see why they continue to add quarterbacks to their to their room so uh that's the big storyline on the hill and uh i can't wait to get down there and and hang out with uh, some some of our readers some of our, our our viewers from outkick outstanding stuff jonathan hutton we will talk to you hopefully again next week but i can't wait to check out the new podcast breaking down quarterbacks and corners uh it'll be up on outkick.com as well as everywhere you can find a podcast and it'll be up uh, later this afternoon good stuff as always my man Yeah, thank you, Clay. I'll I'll enjoy listening to the rest of the show, and I'll see you this weekend. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o -O who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I am taking you to church today, trying to make the world a better place, unlike a lot of people in athletics who I think are doing more to divide us than they are to bring us together. So I was talking about the O.J. Simpson trial 26 years ago and how I saw similarities with Derek Chauvin and George Floyd in that the juries and also the prosecutor and the defense attorney, if they are doing their best work, race does not become integral to those cases in any way. The jury, if they were doing their job, would render the same verdict no matter what the race of the victims was in O.J. Simpson or the perpetrator, no matter what the race of the victim was in the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case or the alleged perpetrator. Unfortunately, that is not the media environment that we live in right now. And honestly, the media should exist, in my opinion. The reason why my show is popular is because typically... I am not trying to suck up to athletes all day. And I'm not sitting around praising them like so many people in my industry do. And just as a test case, I would ask you to even consider, is any other media member that you listen to going to mention the idiotic, divisive, incredibly stupid tweet that LeBron James sent yesterday afternoon 
which is designed to tear us apart even more than we already are as we are in the midst of an incredibly divisive era in the United States. And I think what LeBron did on social media is all too common of what occurs in our modern day society. So LeBron James went on Twitter yesterday afternoon and he said, uh, he posted a photo of a Columbus, Ohio police officer and he said, you're next with an hourglass beside it. Hashtag accountability. The picture is of a Columbus, Ohio police officer who was responding to an incredibly dangerous knife attack that was going on with one woman holding a knife poised to potentially stab to death another woman when a police officer arrives, yells for her to drop the knife. She does not do it, and he opens fire. It all happens in a split second. You can see a still image of this woman holding a knife in her right hand, lunging in the direction of a cowering and unarmed potential victim that may have been moments away from dying herself innocently as she was stabbed to death by this other woman. Police officer arrives, pulls out his gun, demands that she drop the knife. She does not. She's lunging towards the other woman, attempting to stab her. Police officer fires and kills the woman holding the knife in her hand. You can go watch this video yourself if you would like to. Fortunately for the officer, he was wearing a camera, a body camera, and we can see exactly from his perspective what was going on in this incident. If anything, the officer in this case is a hero for saving the life of a woman. I was just talking about how race really shouldn't matter. Police officer is white, and the two women who are fighting are both black. The woman who was about to stab the other woman is black. The woman whose life was potentially saved is black. Shouldn't matter, because the police officer in an ideal world should respond the exact same way if this were to Asian people, or to Hispanic people, or to white people. LeBron posts this officer, who is otherwise a private citizen, posts his photo to his 50 million followers, says, you're next in all caps, puts up the hourglass, and then says, hashtag accountability. LeBron has made that police officer a marked man. He's also doing the exact opposite, which should be occurring, which is praising that officer for saving someone's life in an incredibly difficult situation. The National Fraternal Order of Police responded to LeBron James's tweet. Uh, the National Fraternal Order of Police is the largest police union in the United States. They represent over 350,000 police officers in this country. LeBron James deleted the tweet. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the National Fraternal Order of Police tweeted, at King James, 
with his vast resources and influence, should educate himself and, frankly, has a responsibility to do so on the facts before weighing in. This is disgraceful and extremely reckless. The officer saved a young girl's life. No amount of gaslighting will change that fact. Let's think about this for a minute. If that girl had been stabbed to death in that fight, most of us would have never heard about it because it just would have been another murder in another city in America. 99.9% of you who are listening to me right now would have never known that it happened because murder is so common in this country that the only time we focus on it at all is when the media can play the race card. If we eliminated every single murder of a black person by someone other than a black person, that is, if we took away every murder of any black person by an Asian, a white, or Hispanic person in this country, do you know what percentage of black murders would still be occurring 93 percent of them the vast majority of murders in the united states are black victims killed by other black people almost never gets a word of attention anywhere in this country if we eliminated every police shooting that has ever occurred in any year 99% plus of all black murders would still be occurring. The media uses race to divide us, to sensationalize stories, to increase the amount of distrust across this entire country. If you only followed the stories that are brought to us by the media and by our athletes, you would think that if we eliminated stories like Derek Chauvin and George Floyd, that murder would cease to exist as a major issue in this country when the reality is police officers are the number one protectors of white, black, Asian, and Hispanic lives when we are in danger in this entire country. I'm not saying police are perfect. They aren't. They're human. And when they commit crimes, they deserve to be prosecuted. But you're already seeing what exactly happens when police are not allowed to do their jobs in this country. Guys, it gets almost no attention. Do you know that 2020 set a record for most of our lives for the largest increase in murders? Because police weren't allowed to do their job because they were demonized. And when police don't do their job, do you know what happens? People who are criminals slide in and take advantage of that situation. It is a monster, huge, ridiculous world that we have created where we are demonizing police and trying to make them the cause of all of America's ills. And that's what LeBron James is doing. If the American sports 
figures and sports media really wanted to make the biggest difference and make police and the people that they are trying to protect have a better relationship, do you know what the best advice that could be given by every athlete and media member would be? Comply with the police. It's what I tell my kids every single day. It's what my parents told me. If a police officer tells you to do something, do it. I'm a lawyer. I can tell you, if you are told to do something that violates your constitutional rights, you will get your day in court. You will have the opportunity to make that argument. Do you know when you don't get the opportunity to make that argument? When you don't comply with a police officer instruction and that interaction turns violent. That is the underlying story of almost every police shooting that occurs anywhere in this country. Instead of immediately complying and following the instruction of officers, people either fight with them, refuse to comply, or like in this situation in Columbus, Ohio, a police officer suddenly shows up in the middle of a fight, sees in a split second, a woman with a large knife in her hand poised to shove it into the other woman and potentially take her life and has to make a split-second decision and decides to protect the unarmed woman and shoot the armed woman. And for that, LeBron James says that person deserves to pay the consequences. I think it's the exact opposite. I think we should be praising that police officer in Columbus, Ohio, who saved that woman's life. And I think LeBron James should be ashamed. And so should all the media that have been carrying LeBron James's water for so long instead of holding him accountable for his 50 million Twitter follower platform and actually making him take 30 seconds to watch the video and see that that officer saved a life as opposed to to taking one without any justification at all. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.